Welcome to the Joy Felipe Bruce podcast. Sister Joy Felipe is a daughter of Bishop Dag Heward Mills and the senior pastor of the Fountain of Life Cathedral of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. The Fountain of Life Cathedral is a thriving church of young, energetic people full of life for the Lord. Sister Joy is also an itinerant minister of Dag Heward Mills Ministries. She travels extensively, holding pastors' conferences and bringing ministry-related books by Bishop Dag Heward Mills to the nations. She is the evangelist of the Blessed Salvation Crusade. Now be blessed and refreshed as you listen to this inspired message by Sister Joy. This is the best church to be in, is because we have the best pastor, the most anointed shepherd. Let us rise up to our feet and welcome our personal person, ESJ. Wow! Somebody should tell the service choir that in fact hey and what I'm saying is it true or it's not true in fact so tonight the battle lines are drawn tomorrow we shall see <laughs> God bless you choir hey they have come to show us what is salt oh you don't understand hey he said you are the, the salt of the earth, you see. So me, I don't know how you came, but me when I came, I was very tired. I've forgotten that I'm tired, okay? These people. Hey! Come, if you are clapping, clap well. What's that? Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful to be in your presence tonight. We thank you that you are with us. Thank you for calling us the salt. Thank you for making us the light of the world. We are grateful. Tonight as your word comes, I pray that you minister to each one of us. And each one of us will find where we fit. And what we can do. And how to be the salt. And how to be what you have made us. We are so grateful. In Jesus name. Amen. God bless you. Take your seat. Wow, it's good to be in church. Wow, hallelujah. All right. We've been talking about, you know, I started sharing on the topic, Am I Good for Nothing? I started last week and I'm continuing. And it's a scripture, you know. It's a scripture that you've probably read if you're a Christian. Many of you know from your Bible. <laughs> Anyway, before I before I go in there, let me let me make an announcement or two before I forget. The first announcement is that Tuesday is Valentine's Day. Amen. Yeah, it's Valentine's Day. We're gonna have dinner here. So yeah, we're gonna have dinner. We are going to those high heels you have been longing to wear, look for them. Formally dressed. You see, let me tell you something. Some of you have never had a formal dinner before. 
Wait, la. Wait, wait. Wait. Relax. You have never had a formal dinner before. You don't know how to handle yourself. Are you here? But you are on your way somewhere. This dinner is a very good opportunity to learn. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's a very good opportunity. There are many of us in your home, you just take your food, you sit on the nearest part of the wall or on the nearest bench or something. You wash your hands, not even with soap, just with water. And you put your hand inside. When we were going to secondary school in your first year, they taught you how to use cutlery. But you people, I don't know what you're about. So, <laughs> so it's a good opportunity. Are you there? Uh-huh. It's a good opportunity. And please, organize this. Nobody can laugh at anybody. We're all learning. That's, yeah. It's very important that you learn how to handle yourself. And that you learn it from church. Let me tell you one of my favorite stories about this thing. Many years ago, when the church was smaller, there were many things that could be done. Now the church is large, so it's hard. But in those days, once a year, we would gather in Accra for a program. And on the Saturday of that program, our bishop's wife would take us to, uh, I mean, would be exposed to a dinner. Are you there? So there was this particular year, they took us to one of the modern hotels in Ghana. Normally, they would go and make a real deal so you can afford it. So we came to this dinner. And I mean, of course, as you are drinking, you don't have to go to the washroom. Well, you don't have to go to the washroom. So I got up to go to the washroom. When I got to the washroom, there were two of the pastor's wives I brought laughing their heads off. I mean, a washroom is not where you find people laughing. But they were laughing. I said, ah. What is it? Then they started to boss me. You see, the, <laughs> the washroom in the hotel was a modern one. Very modern one. I'm talking about a long time ago, not even now. So one of them had come in. When she came in, walked in, opened the door, walked into the cubicle, turned around to shut the door, and the loo flashed. And when it flashed, it's like, hey, who is here? She ran out. So when she ran out, she was standing in the, you know, where the things are, catching her breath. It's like, ah. She realized that nobody was there. Then the other one came. So she decided she won't say anything. <laughs> She's just going to watch. So the other one too came in, entered the cubicle, turned around to shut the door, and the little flash on the woman also came out. And I came to meet them laughing. What had happened? Eja. If you are, but maybe when you go to the washroom, you flush your thing yourself. You don't know that there are washrooms that have senses. Yeah. About 25 years later, I was with these same women, but this time in Singapore. And we knew how to handle ourselves. We have seen some before. So it's not in Singapore that we came to run out of the washroom. You be here and be doing, oh, me, I don't do these things. I don't know how to pay 50 cities. You are about to become a minister of state and you go to a state banquet and you'll be sitting down there looking at the chicken. You can't cut the chicken because you don't know how to handle fork and knife. Is it there that you are going to ask your neighbor, how do I use the knife? You'll be holding your knife like an axe, an axe. Talk to your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, if you haven't bought your ticket, you better do it now. You better do it now. Get your ticket. 
Another thing we are going to do is to dress up. Some of you don't know how to dress. It's an opportunity. Look, push your neighbor and say, in the church there, there is no shame. There is no shame. Ah. Some of you young ladies, the reason why you wear flat shoes are not the same reason. I mean, I wear flat shoes for a reason, but you. The reason is that you don't know how to wear high heels. When you wear high heels, then you start to... You start to wobble. You are waiting for your graduation to wear high heels. Lady Reverend's graduation, some girl, she was on the way to the stage. She fell down about three times. The guys had to come and hold her. Look, every story I'm telling you is true. They had to come and hold her here and here and help her to get up and wear the high heels. Over here, nobody is laughing. There is no shame. We are learning. It's a good time. Purchase a dinner and we're going to have a good time here. Put your hands together. Amen. And we are not only going to eat, we're going to do a lot of interesting things. I need you to understand that 50 CDs is not the price of the ticket. We have gone around and we have people who have supported. Are you there? I have to say it because some of you are so perverse. And these church people, they like money. That's why hey, there is no free cook anywhere. <laughs> Amen. For 50 CDs. Are you okay? When you came back to school, some of the places by the wayside there when you went to buy food, were you not surprised? I'm shocked at the people who are charging 25, 30 for a plate. Yeah. Alright, so that's Tuesday. Then on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we have a prophetic visit in the house. Amen. Hallelujah. And I have deliberately scheduled him at this time so that I mean, something will happen to you before, before mid-sems begin. Yeah. yeah. That's Bishop Atu Dixon. He's going to be here with us. Please, can you turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, don't be good for nothing. You must recognize a blessing when it is coming. One of the curses of poverty is that even when somebody is trying to help you, you can't see it. No, it's true. You won't know till later. You won't know till later. Then you start to say this and that and the other. But it's one of the things. So please, make sure you're here. Are they two good, good and important announcements? Powerful. Now let's jump into the word of God. Hallelujah. We've been talking about salt. Ask your neighbor, do you know what salt is? Do you like salt? Salt. Salt. In fact, the, the choir has brought us salt this evening. He has brought, brought us salt. They have brought us off this evening. They're singing, they're dancing, the choice of song, the music, everything. We, I mean, I, I'm feeling very refreshed, I tell you. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Some salt. Please ask your neighbor, who have you helped? Your, what salt? What salt have you brought? What salt have you brought? So, let us read our scripture from last week. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 13. And I want to say, Pistis region, you are welcome. Pistis region, hold on for me. You are going to be refugees three times this semester. It's not a problem. Where by the time we went, we got the place. Some people had booked particular. Yeah, it's just three of them. So on those three occasions, you join us. Apart from that, so by next week, you are back in your location. And next semester, we won't have that problem because we have already done what we must do. Is that okay? So don't be confused at all. Don't be confused. Enjoy the the salt that is here. 
Next week we shall come and see what salt you have to give us. <laughs> ah, hallelujah. Let's read our scripture. You are the salt of the earth. Push your neighbor and say, hello salt. And you might want to add the name salt Ajwa. Salt Asumji. <laughs> salt David. Salt Paulina. <laughs> you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt and, and salt, you remember we agreed last week that it is the king of all the spices because without it, your cocoa, you will be packing the sugar in there. And you will just not be satisfied with the taste. What is lacking is the salt. Amen. You are the salt of the earth. With a little bit of salt, everything works better. But if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot. So if you are wondering where this book gets its title, it's from that scripture. Because Jesus said that if you are not salt, if the salt has lost its saltiness, the reason for which it is here, then it is of no use. It's good for nothing. And when you read scripture, one of the African problems that we have is that we can read the scripture, we love church, we love the preaching, but how to apply the word to ourselves, it seems difficult for us. That's why we have Christian thieves, Christian rapists, Christian, uh, what? Everything, everything, we have the Christian one because we are not able to pick the scripture and apply it. Are you here? So one of the things that you must learn to do is to apply the scripture to yourself. And so in applying the scripture, that's where we get the title, Am I Good for Nothing? And tonight, I will implore you to think about it a little. Am I good for nothing? When you were coming, Jesus had decided that you were going to be some of the salt on the earth. That means that somebody who is walking around in this world, you are the reason why the person's life will even get some taste. So as you are here, whose life has gotten taste? Because of you. Many Christians, you are just like the next unbeliever next door. Of no use. Doing nothing. It's not your fault. Sometimes it's where you grew up in church. You know, please, if you are sitting behind the pillar, it doesn't make any, doesn't help you. So move to somewhere, okay? All right. So I was sharing with you last week that we're going to be talking about things that you can do, amen, that make a difference so that you will find yourself in something. You know, as the singers were singing, some of you were probably saying that, hey, maybe I can't sing like that. I agree with you. I also cannot sing like that. Singing and dancing and doing all the things that they are doing. And because of that, many don't do anything. But there are so many things that you can do that I, that's your salt. And that's what we're trying to go through. I started last week at Pistis, I think I spoke about prayer. I want to ask you a question. How many of you have some unbelievers in your nuclear family? Can I see your hand? When we say nuclear family, your mother, father, sisters, can I see your hand? Oh, can I see your hand, please? You see, some of you, your hand is down. It means you yourself cry, your status, no question mark. Well, because I do not believe for one half minute that your entire family is saved. I don't believe it. Jojo, do you believe it? All their family is saved, everybody. I don't believe it. I'm asking my question again. How many of you have siblings who are not saved? Or parents who are not saved? That's better. That's better. Question number two. How many hours of prayer have you put in for them? 
Uh. Are you seeing it? It is true. Sometimes when they are your sibling, you can't sometimes to go and share the gospel with them is a bit difficult because of familiarity. It's like, ah, you that you are here, when did you hear about Jesus Christ? And when, when? Me crab, even been more holy than you since we were born in this house. Now you are coming. Uh-huh. So sometimes the talking is difficult. But the praying, you can pray your sibling into heaven. Oh yes. You decide that this prayer topic, I will not leave it. I'll be on it. Because of your prayer topic, somebody will be directed to that person. And some of you, as you are here, you don't want to say that your parent is an unbeliever. You are, you are a problem. Because if you don't recognize the thing, it means you don't even know that there's work to be done. If your father has not accepted Christ, if your mother has not accepted Christ, even though they are the church elder, they are unbelievers. It's a very sobering thought. And so when you think about it, you realize that, look, I can pray. I remember I used to pray for my father, my parents. But my father was somebody who, Sunday he would go to church. But it was very clear that he didn't quite get it. If you belong to a certain kind of church, you will never hear the gospel. Hey. <clears throat> you will never hear it. I began to pray. And I began to pray. I began to pray. I began to pray. One day, an uncle of mine who was saved came home. And when he came to visit, he asked me, Hey, did your father tell you the good news? I said, what good news? He's not said anything. Then my uncle told me, I took him to the full gospel businessmen's um, breakfast. And when they gave the altar call, your father walked forward and received Christ. Yeah. yeah. But you, you are here. You won't even say that. You won't even recognize that your parents need help for you to even pray. We have not come to your ungodly siblings yet. Hey. And you can be sure that it is not just one minute prayer for one day. It is today's prayer, tomorrow's prayer, the next day's prayer. And so you are the salt in the house. Useless. Useless. Not praying the prayer that needs to be put down. Are you there? So that's one of the things you can do. To pray and pray enough for a difference to happen. You are here on campus. Your roommate cries an unbeliever. But you are busy. I was enjoying the film stars. The girl, she was just busy condemning them. That's all you are doing in your head. Look at that, look at that. That's all you are, that's all what Jesus sent you to do. He sent you to be the salt by your love, by your lifestyle, by your preaching, by your invitations, by your sharing Christ, by your speaking godly language. You have the salt there. Even the prayer for that person cry. It will make a difference. Or you can't see it. Hey, me, my roommate will beat me. If your roommate will beat you physically, no problem. Just pray. That's for prayer. Nobody can stand in between you and what you say to God. Or you don't understand what I'm saying. Yeah. So my father got born again. My mother, she wasn't going to church. She was a very nice. You see, phlegmatic people, you are very self-righteous because you don't do bad things. Cholerics, our anger will make us repent. Sanguines, the fornication will make you repent. Melancholics, all your sour face and everything. Make, but the flags, they are just the nice people. Cool, patient, no grudge with anybody. I mean, they look holy before you, before, I mean. So it's like she was better than all of us. And when it's like that, the person doesn't even see the need to be born again. I've been preaching in the present service what it means. 
I mean, to show that it's a change in the spirit. It's not a what you do thing. So it was so difficult. How are you going to tell her that? So once again, is it not prayer? And I told God that my parents are aging me, but they, she cannot die without receiving Christ. Know how to preach to her. Eventually, the last three, four days of her life, for the first time, she was in the hospital. And as I was leaving to go home to take a shower and come, I said to the friend who was helping us, you know, Mama is not well, but if you get an opportunity to lead her to Christ, please do. Please do. Then I went home. So I'll be back. When I got home, I just went in. I was in the shower. And then I heard the Holy Spirit say, she's mine now, you can let her go. When I came back into my room, my phone was ringing. It was the friend I had left with her. And the friend called and said, she was calling and said, I've prayed with mama tonight. The next morning, by 10 a.m., she was gone. I thank God that he answered my prayer. You are in the house. I'm asking you what prayers you have prayed. You cannot even admit that, oh, my parents may need my prayers to be born again. Because you now, you are born against that square question. Yay. Ask your neighbor. Ask your neighbor. Are you born again? You that you are sitting here. Hey. Tell your neighbor the fact that you are sitting under the roof of a church doesn't mean that you are born again. Oh. Ah. Can you please tell the choristers that the fact that they sang so nicely does it automatically mean that they are on their way to heaven? Hey! Except a man be born again, he cannot enter. So Charlie, the born again is very important. Hallelujah. And so that is one of the ways that you can be sought. Somebody who prays. You are in that room because of you are the roommate of that person. Some solid prayer is going up for the person. When I was on campus, I was an unbeliever. It was when I became a believer that I discovered that there were three guys who were ahead of me. They had prayed for me for three years. Yeah. Now, you don't know how to pray for anybody. Your sibling cry, you are not praying. Who? Are you there or you have traveled? Yeah. yeah. Amen. So that is one of the things that you can do. Amen. Another thing that you can do is to preach. When we say preach, just share the word of God. The Bible says that God has ordained that by the foolishness of preaching, man will be saved. Can you find the scripture for me? I think it's in Corinthians, First Corinthians 1. Amen. What's there? I need some speed. First Corinthians... Just look for my scripture myself. No, no, no. Oh, ask your neighbor whether they are born again, please. Find out right here as we are sitting in church. Allow me to take my time and find it. It says, by the foolishness of preaching, yes, 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 there we go. Okay. For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. 
Why does he call it the foolishness of preaching? Because when you stand there talking, it looks like nothing. How I wish, I have wished many times that thunder will frighten people into heaven. Especially when you are talking to a very saucy person. A very rude person. Then you just wish that the, the ground under them would just... But he has chosen that. That's not how he does his things. He has chosen that by this thing that looks so useless. By preaching. That's how people will be saved. And you are there. And you are saying nothing. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 12. Look at it. I'll read it in King James. Then we'll read it in the NLT. For when for the time you ought to be teachers... You have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. And I become such as have need of milk, milk and not of strong meat. So a time comes when you should be teaching somebody. You should be telling somebody something. Many of you don't have any idea about anything. Rather, we have to keep on teaching you the basics of Christianity. Basics, basics, basics. We can't even go further. Take us to the NLT version. Let me see whether it says anything. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Ha! Huh. Meanwhile, you, you have not learned the lesson. What are you going to teach? Have you seen why you are good for nothing? Because in this church, one of the things we teach a lot about is salvation. By now, you should know the scriptures that you will use. Hmm. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things of God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. As you are there, 25 years old, you are still drinking milk. Can we take a look at the Message Bible? The Message Bible, sometimes the barbs are very, very, very wild. By this time, you ought to be teachers yourselves. Yet here I find you need someone to sit down with you and go over the basics of God again. Starting from square one, baby's milk. When you should have been on solid food long ago. How long have you been a Christian? If you have been a Christian for longer than two years and there is nobody that you are teaching the word of God. There's nobody that you are sitting down and just showing them their way about. You are good for nothing. It's not my words. It's not my words. Are you there? That's why you are here. That's why you are in the class you are in. That's why you are in the, in the course you are in. That's why you belong to the family you belong to. So that the Lord knows I've placed some salt here. I put some salt here that will help the people here. But when somebody comes and the person begins to question something, you are clueless. Hey. You are very quiet in the church. You see, I'm preaching this word with my whole heart. Not for you to feel bad. Feeling bad eh? is called guilt. Guilt is useless. It's like a rocking chair. You rock, huh, but you don't go anywhere. If you sit in a rocking chair, you can be rocking here. Tomorrow, you will still be sitting here. Would you have reached gate? No. That's the use of guilt. No, we don't need that. I am praying for the conviction of God to come upon you. So that when somebody now raises an issue, even when you don't know it, 
you come back and look for it in the Bible. And then you come back and say, hey, that question I can now answer you. I can now answer you. Some of you, when somebody comes to say, ah, but you people, your gods, you people, you are worshipping three gods. We believe in only one God, but this is your God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. You will see a Christian like you, clueless. Clueless. You don't know how to look in the Bible and show them what it means. Three in one. Are you there? Are you understanding what I mean? Meanwhile, sometimes that's just what the, that small explanation is what the person needs to just give their life to Christ. You are there. I used to follow the Lord when I was small. I used to love the Lord. And one day I asked the question. It was Good Friday. I must have been maybe about eight or nine years old. And I asked the question on a Good Friday because we had gone, you know, Sunday school. <laughs> And they kept on telling us that today is Good Friday, this and that. I said, ah, if an innocent man died, he was, he, he was killed by some hooligans. He hasn't done anything. And he was killed. How or why are you calling the day Good Friday? The person I asked could not explain it. And for me as a child, that was the beginning of my descent into unbeliever life. Because I was like, ah, then why are we following this thing? All I needed was for somebody to open the scripture and explain it to me why that day was a good day. Hey, how do I come to sleep here? Why? No, don't do that in church, please. Don't do that. Are you, are you understanding what I'm saying? Yeah, I just needed an explanation. And just because that explanation didn't come, I felt that, ah, then this ritual is too expensive in terms of time and everything. That led to my backsliding. 9 years, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. And I was 22. Because some salts didn't work. Somebody was good for nothing. Push your neighbor and say, hey! Are you good for nothing? What did your neighbor say? Hmm. <laughs> Somebody says, the neighbor says yes. <laughs> now let's continue. So, so, so we have, I've shown you two things you can do. One is the praying. Two, sharing with somebody. Preaching with somebody. Bothering to ask, answer somebody's questions. Bothering to explain. When you don't know, bother to do a Bible study if you even know how to do a Bible study. Hey. Hey. Our work is a lot. Let's move to another example, another thing that I'm just giving you options. Are you here? Just giving you options, different, different, different options. Because nobody has the right to get up and tell the Lord that I, I couldn't do anything. There's nothing like that. It's not a mistake that you are here. My time is almost up, so let me just try and give you one or two more. Now, one of the properties of salt is its healing properties. Yeah, healing. It neutralizes many things in the body. Are you there? Relieves many, many things. If you are somebody with eczema, psoriasis, many of the things they give you to control it are salt-based. Yeah. Mm. It maintains the salt of the, the cells in the body. You will notice. You see, many times when you go to hospital, do you not see people on dripping? I have to inform you. I wish I could tell you that it was drip is a magic potion. 
But it's not true. It's water and salt many times. Yeah. It's a salt. You just need it. The body just needs it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you thought it was medicine. Debut. Yeah, no, no, no. It's not medicine. It's not medicine. <laughs> and so your body needs the water and it also needs the salt. Are you there? And so it's being given to you direct into your veins to work fast. Some have a little sugar as well, but, but the most basic one, I guess, it's, it's a salt base. Salt. And you see that you begin to feel better already. Malaria has weakened you. They give you a drip. You, know, you begin to feel better because of the healing properties that it has. You, that's why Jesus said you are the salt of the earth. Why? Tell your neighbor, we are supposed to be healing people. Me, I don't have the confidence to be standing on stage to be healed. I have not discussed standing on stage with you. We have not talked about it. Let's go to the book of James, chapter 5. James 5. If you are here, you say you believe in Jesus Christ. The power of God is there to heal. Only that you have not read your Bible, so you don't know. So let's look at it. That's why we are looking at it. Verse 14. <clears throat> is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Now, the elder of the church is whoever is a believer there at that time. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he has forgiven, he has committed sins, he shall be forgiven him. Does it say, unless you are a pastor? Does it say, unless you are a shepherd? James is just having, he's writing to Christians, talking to believers. The very first time I prayed for somebody to be healed, I think I was more shocked than the person. <laughs> I had been in the house, I mean, I had been going, coming, but I noticed that I had not seen my neighbor's wife out much. So, after work one day, I stopped by her house. I just knocked the door. It was, I don't know how to describe it, but semi-detached houses, the houses were attached together. Four, up and up and up and up. Uh-huh. So everybody, you have your up and your down. Yeah, one, two, three, four, tied together. So I knocked at her door. And she said, come in. When I opened the door, she was lying on the sofa. I said, oh, what's wrong? And then she proceeded to tell me she'd not been well and the general struggles. After talking and encouraging her, I was about to leave. And I just felt the Holy Spirit pushing me. Pray for her. Pray for her. So I just asked her, can I pray for you? She said, oh, why not? Of course. So uh, I didn't even ask for the oil. I didn't even ask for the oil. You know how you are shivering too much to ask for oil. It's like, but I did lay my hand on her and I prayed and I remembered the scripture and I prayed. And then I went my way. I didn't see her for a few more days. Then, about three, four days after that, you know how you can be outside your house, you're hanging and doing something and then you see your neighbor. Then she sees, she goes, hey, I'm fine, oh. From the day after you prayed for me, by that evening, I just realized that I was feeling okay. I was feeling okay. From that time, I'm not taking the medicine again. Amen. If you will just believe the scripture, write it, write the James 5, 14, 15, write it, because you didn't know it's in the Bible. Write it. And actually do it because the next time you go and see your friend or your somebody in the place says, My head has been hurting a lot. Don't stand there giving sermons. Oh, have you been drinking a lot of water? I think you have not been drinking water. 
Or you have not been sleeping well. What done the doctor? They have not asked you to become any doctor or anything. Say, look, just pray. Lay your hand on the person. Because the Bible says the prayer of faith. So just believe. Are you in the house? And I tell you, the word of God, eh? It really stands. It really stands. Are you ready to believe it? Hey, you are very quiet. Eh? Are you ready to believe it? Are you ready to believe it? Then the next week, as you are moving around and your friend, somebody is always aching somewhere. Somebody is always not feeling well. Lay your hand on the sick. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I'll give you one more testimony as I do in first faith sex secrets and we are ending. One time, one of my lady pastors very close to me, you don't need to know the name. The person was going through a very difficult pregnancy. Normally, people throw up three months and that's it. But this one, not only was it a throwing up, but it was very wild. The person literally couldn't keep anything. First month, second month. By the third month, the person was just being kept alive by drips. Fourth month, fifth month, sixth month, seventh month. It was in the seventh month that we were coming for a meeting in my house. This this, this person was just lying there. And I just felt, nah. No, 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 no. I said, bring a chair. And I made the male pastors pick her up and put her on the chair. And then I said, we are believers. Are we not believers? This scripture, we believe it. We lay our hands. We laid our hands and we prayed. Then we continued with the meeting. It was about two days after. Then she said, ah, I, you know, I've just realized that since that prayer, I've not thrown up. You see, I need you to understand, it was very severe. It was so severe that when I asked the midwife, can I put the person on a flight to go to Accra, because we're in Tamale at the time, to go to Accra so that the person will get health care. The person told me that the person is so critical. If I put it on the she won't make it. She can't make it. You know, when you're up there, the air changes, the pressure, blah, blah, blah. It won't work. But the prayer of faith by a group of people who believe the word. Oh, yeah. We just said, bring the oil. All of us, our all of us, our hands on this earth. We have had enough. This thing just cut up. That's it. That's it. Are you ready to be salt? Are you ready to make a difference in somebody's life? Or oh, you don't understand what I'm saying to you. Some of you, there are people around you in all kinds of situations. If only you remember your salt, their solution is resting with you. You are the source of their deliverance. I want you to stand to your feet tonight. Next week we'll continue. There are some more. I mean, there are so many things you can do. Some of them, very quiet things. Just like in the church. It's not everybody who stands on stage. You want to just pray and say, Lord, I didn't realize I was supposed to be salt. I was just walking around. Help me now to see it. And show me in this coming week the things that I can do to touch somebody's life, to help somebody things work better for somebody. Lift up your voice and pray. Lift up your voice and pray. Lift up your voice and pray. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice and pray. That is also something you can do. So please, just lift your voice and pray. Just pray. Just pray. 
Oh Lord. Forgive us for being good for nothing. But thank you for letting us see it in time, oh God. May we begin to help others, affect the life of others. May we cause taste to come back in somebody's life, oh God. May we be the reason why somebody is healed. May we be the reason why somebody is preserved. May we be the reason why there's a dramatic change for somebody, oh God. Forgive us, Lord. We didn't know we're supposed to be your hands and your feet and salt on this earth. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Oh, pray for yourself for a few minutes. Pray for yourself. Pray for yourself for a few minutes. You are here tonight, you've not given your life to Jesus. You see, the thing that makes you salt is that you are a believer. Without giving your life to Jesus Christ, you yourself are in, in danger. Doesn't matter if you have been in church all your life. Sitting in a garage all your life will never make you a car. You got to do something. Hallelujah. And Jesus is the one who said you need to be born again. The person who was talking to him in John chapter 3 was a leader of the Jews. Somebody who knew the word of God by heart. And yet he didn't know that he needed to be born again. And so you are here tonight, and maybe you love God, you've always done things in church, but you didn't know you needed to be born again. I want you to correct it tonight. I want you to correct it tonight. Romans 10, 9 and 10 shows us how he says what you believe in your heart. Open your mouth, confess it, say it. Say it, that is what will bring salvation. Because if not, the Bible says in the book of James that the demons also believe. So believing is not enough. They, they, They even shake says they believe and they tremble they are not even trembling tonight I want to give you the opportunity to receive the Lord Jesus confess him as your Lord and your Savior so that you will know for a fact that you are born again look at that scripture there James 2.19 thou believest that there is one God you have done well the devils also believe and tremble what's the difference between you and a demon the difference is that you have confess. The demon cannot confess Jesus Christ. Hey! to be a problem. And so as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, tonight you are here, you have not confessed the Lord Jesus. Take us back to Romans 10, please. You cannot, com- you have not confessed the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I want to give you the opportunity to do so now. I want to give you the opportunity. You are saying, Lord, I thought all this time I was coming to you. I didn't know I needed, needed to be born again. But here I am to do it and to confess it. This is your prayer tonight. Lift up your right hand. We're going to pray that prayer together. Just lift up your hand. God bless you. I see your hands. Oh, God bless you. All over the room, I see your hands. I see your hands. Let the pastors help you and that ushers help you. Just come to me, please. Come, just come and let's, let's line up here in front. Let's pray this prayer together. Just come, just come. Just come. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you as you come. God bless you. God bless you. Tonight is a life-changing night in your life. God bless you. You are standing in the congregation. You are wondering, should I go? Should I not go? That's a sign that you should come. Please, just come. Don't let anybody distract you. Don't let anyone distract you. Just come. Come and let us boldly pray so that you are sure of who you are in Christ. God bless you. God bless you. I also had to receive him after so many years. God bless you. God bless you. 
I'm just waiting one more minute for somebody who's still thinking about it. Think about it, but think quickly and come and let us pray together. Let's come, let's pray. Just come. You are wondering, should I go, should I not go? Come. Just come. Hallelujah. I'm talking to somebody. I'm just waiting an extra minute. Your heart is beating. You are not sure. That's The Lord is showing you. He's knocking at your heart. Revelation 3, 20 says, He stands at the door and he knocks. Knocks. Say, if you open, I will come in and I'll be with you. Just come. Just come. Just come. Let him have his way. Let him have his way. As you stand in front here, I want you to pray this prayer. Make it your own. Pray this prayer after me. And those of you in the congregation, just support us. Just join us. You want to pray. You want to say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today as a sinner. Please wash me in your blood. Cleanse me from my sins please write my name in the book of life Lord Jesus from today from today from today you are my savior and you are my Lord I thank you for saving me in Jesus name Amen We believe that you have been blessed by this message. For more information, you can follow us on Facebook, Fountain of Life Cathedral, and on Instagram and Twitter at F-O-L-C-I-D-S. God richly bless you.